From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Yeah, we are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Uh, we're going to talk round one playoff recap. Uh, of course, with our squad and what the hell is going on in that Pittsburgh series. And, of course, our rest of the uh, NHL uh, first-round games. You see Colorado destroy the Nashville Predators. The Carolina and Boston series is pretty interesting as well. I wanted to get everybody's uh, perspective on that, um, especially the back and forth, and especially in game four uh, in Boston. Um, you know, it has nothing to do with the playoffs. I definitely want to hear from Glenn. Uh, maybe yes, yeah, got to because you know big Ranger fans. The firing of Barry Trotz. I know that has nothing to do with the playoffs, but I, I was a little shocked at that. You know Barry Trotz, super uh, uh, Stanley Cup winning uh, head coach with the Washington Capitals, and I should even say this because you know we're Ranger fans for the most part on this platform, and. Let's be honest, the Islanders had a raw deal with that road trip at the beginning of the season. I I really didn't understand that. But nonetheless, I mean, that's the rival. So I I definitely want to get people's perspectives on that. I think the Calgary-Dallas series is fun. St. Louis uh, tying up the series 2-2 versus the Wild. There's a lot of scoring in that Edmonton-LA series. But we got to start first with our own squad, man. Um, We get destroyed in Pittsburgh. I had to turn that shit off. I was furious. The defense with the Rangers was so putrid in Pittsburgh Saturday and Monday. I I, I went back to my shows. Like it, we're getting destroyed up the middle. Every at, at at every turn, the Fords are getting beat. The defensemen are getting beat. Igor Shesterkin's confidence is shot. It's a combination of everything. It's just Pittsburgh is way aggressive, and we have no answer for it. We have to take this shit one period at a time. But we're not waiting faceoffs. Let's start with our squad first, and then we'll work our way around the rest of the league probably the last 20 minutes. So let's get everybody on, man, because no, no time to spare. The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Ranger Proud wrote a piece on this on Empire Sports Media. RP, say hello to everybody. We're going to get everybody on. We got a lot of uh, you got a bunch of people in the queue. How you doing, RP? Say hello. We'll lead off with you, bro. How's everything, sir? Everything's um, Everything sucks. <laughs> You're a Ranger fan. Uh, yeah. It's been a... Uh, it's been an embarrassment. It's been disappointing. Um, man, you know, their defense is just – their defense is just horrible. You, you see the way the Penguins have attacked them. I don't think we need to break down each game because the three losses was more or less the same thing. The, the Penguins are – they look like they're a playoff team, and the Rangers look like the young kids, and it has absolutely nothing before we even get into experience. They're just playing poor hockey. As good as they were mm. playing the last month of the season defensively, where is that team? And I know it's a, a huge factor that we lost Lindgren. It's a huge factor that Nemeth is playing. But as a five-man unit on the ice, they're getting beat horrendously all over the defensive end. And their first line is just demolishing our first line. Yep. That's yeah, why we're exactly. losing the series. Yep. I mean, it's 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 a it's a simple to me. It, it's it's not a hard. It's not the kind of game like, well, why are we losing? 
why aren't we doing better? Crosby's line is so much better than Zabanajan's line right now. It's a yep. night and day difference. And it, it to me, it's it's the entire factor. And then, you know, really quick, guys, the power play's been horrible. Their special teams have been great. It's been a difference in two of the games for sure. Um, you know, you had that great rally down 4-1. You come back and tie it up at four, and we're flying high. You get three power plays and do nothing with it. And then Nemec coughs off the puck and Gorgay gives up a soft goal, and you, you lose a game you should have won. So there's a lot going on. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I can't believe how much this team misses Goudreau and Lindgren. It's it, they are such a different team without those two guys. Right out of doubt. Penalty killing is horrible because Goodrow's not around. Right. And without lingering, Fox looks like a different hockey player because he doesn't know how Braun plays. He doesn't know where his confidence level is. You know, and, and it's it's just a, a combination of so many bad things. You talk about falling in quicksand. This is the example of quicksand, and I don't know if they can get out of it. And that's not knocking it, and I'm not ripping them. And my daughters tonight told me, don't rip Shasperic, and it's not all on him. And and they're right to no, accept right. that he, right. he hasn't made – I don't I haven't seen him uh, make that big save. And I noticed in the two losses, his frustration has really come out. And everyone's always comparing him to Lundqvist, and that's fine. And we've seen Lundqvist get frustrated, but to me – he always found a way to get frustrated and then forget about it. Well, whatever it is, when that puck dropped the next time around, for the most part, and um, you're not seeing that with Shesterkin, which is something none of us have seen before. So I know it's a learning experience and it's a disappointment, but there's, there's a lot going on that that needs to be addressed. We're, we're, we're going to talk all through all that, RP. Let's get everybody on. Glenn, say just quick hello. Just say hello, man. And let's get everybody on. We'll go back to RP and then go back to you, Glenn. Glenn, say hello. How are you doing, sir? Uh, well, I'm doing about as well as RP is. I right. mean, right. when Rangers are in the playoffs, my life revolves around it. And, uh, you know, my day re- uh, revolves around it. And it's just been uh, hell the last few days. So we'll talk right. about it. Yes, sir. Scott, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, guys? What's uh, what's what's the problem? Sounds like a funeral around here. We're fifteen <laughs> wins from the Stanley Cup. Hey, Come on, hey, hey, Scott. No, no, Scott. You're actually you're absolutely correct because what we do on this platform, I I usually pull, pull the hearse around Madison Square Garden. If it's the Knicks season is about to end or the Rangers season is about to end, if it's the Giants, MetLife, if it's Yankee Stadium, Yankee Stadium, or the Yanks. So, yeah, yeah, we're getting, we need pallbearers. You want to volunteer, bro? We get, it might be Wednesday. I see 15 wins be. away from the Stanley Cup. I don't know what you guys are looking at. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Let's get everybody on. Let's see. Uh, is this uh, is this Carl? I'm not 100% sure. Is this you, Carl? Yes, it is. A pleasant good evening to you, Steve, to Scott, Glad hey. RP. Good to hear from you guys again. And hey, uh, not you? the conversation, for, well, you know, not the conversation that I think we felt we would be having seven days ago. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah, who, who you tell it, right? And let's get one more on. I think this is Adam, right? Adam, how you doing, sir? Hey, how you doing? How you guys doing tonight? Oh, Sam, we have better days, man. 
Let's get it popping. RP, I, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Adam. I'm sorry. Well, no, like Scott said, it does sound like a funeral, but we're not dead yet. So hopefully uh, tomorrow pull it out at home and pull it at Pittsburgh and bring it back home. Exactly. Cause I know it, that's a high it, hope. <laughs> it, we got to take it one game at a time. Because, RP, let's go back to you and we get Glenn's thoughts. Because I look at this kind of like not necessarily the same dynamics as far as the play, but being down 3-1 just like we were to the Capitals years ago. This is this is doable. You just got to play one period at a time. You got to win face-offs. They're not even doing the little things, RP. Continue on with your thoughts and we'll go to Glenn. No, they're just they're not doing anything right. You, you watching that? Second period yesterday, the way the Penguins attacked and the way they had the Rangers on their heels for most probably the entire period. And, you know, a lot of it, it starts from your, your top guys. And, I, you know, Strom hasn't been able to really, I think he has one goal, but hasn't been able to finish. Panarin, for some godforsaken reason, does not want to shoot the puck when he has the shot. And, and I know he's primarily that, that set-up guy and that passer, but he has an incredible shot, and he does not want to take it. And it, that's really been hurting the Rangers because the Penguins know it. And if you look at the way the Penguins play Panarin, they're not worried about him shooting the puck. They're playing to deflect his passes or intercept his passes. And if they know it, that, that's going to be a problem. And it's something easy to adjust to, where you would think it would be, but he hasn't been able to do it. Um, the kid line has is, is probably been our most exciting line the entire series. Those guys are just playing great. I, I think Schneider's played a fantastic first playoff. He's confident. He's aggressive. He drives to the net without the puck. You, you can't ask for more, but your core players just aren't doing the job. I mean, Kreider is, is getting involved, and he has a couple of goals, and, and he's very involved. Don't get me wrong. But how does Zimbanejad have no goals in a series? It's, it, it's just ridiculous. Longer. And I think a, a lot of it goes from that because if you're not getting offense, that means they're in our end all the time. And they're, they're giving up too many shots, too many high-quality shots. Shesterkin mm. is not the Shesterkin that was around a month ago for whatever reason. And I don't, before people say it, I don't think he's tired. I don't think he's overplayed. I think he's never experienced an NHL playoff before, and it's not the KHL. And I think, you know, everyone's saying – and comparing him to Hank and all, and, and that's all good and fine. They should be. But he's still the one that has to go through this growing pain with the rest of them. And, and right now he's just losing the battle confidence-wise. He's just, he's just shot, and the Penguins know it. You're going to see the first 10 minutes tomorrow could be the most important 10 minutes of the season. They have to keep the Penguins off the board, and Chesterkin has to find his game. That Let's I go to Glenn. Let's get Glenn's thoughts. Um, but yeah, RP. I mean, they even have, they're in his head. They're chanting Igor uh-huh. all game three Saturday and Monday and game four. I mean, I mean that is that is brutal, man. Let's go to Glenn. Get, Glenn, let's get your thoughts and then we'll go to Scott. Yeah, I mean that you know the the last couple of games have reminded me of uh, uh, a couple of things. Uh, first, going back even to last year, uh, Steve, I remember you saying how. You know, the Rangers didn't have a lot of success in the regular season against Pittsburgh last year. And you were saying how they just forced Jack Hartford relentlessly. 
and we're not able to make any plays coming out of our zone. And although that didn't really happen in the regular season against Pittsburgh, it's happening now. Um, you know, I mean, the, the Penguins are pinning the Rangers in their own zone. They're, they're getting to all the loose pucks. They're, they're, you know, squirting around all over the place, and the Rangers are chasing them or standing still. Um, the, other, the other thing is uh, some of the things that we thought were fixed in the last month of the season, the, the defensive structure, uh, face-offs, they had gotten better. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we talked about how they weren't relying on uh, Igor as much to, to win games for them. Um, that's kind of reared its ugly head again. Uh, I mean, this looks like, you know, earlier in the season. And the difference is that Igor hasn't been able to save them. Um, and, and I'm not blaming him by any means. I mean, I, I don't know how many of these goals have been, uh, uh, you know, tipped in front or gone off somebody. Um, you can't expect them to make all of those saves. But, you know, you, you do expect the Rangers to have uh, a little more of a, a defensive structure. And it just seems like they've surrendered uh, the slot in the center ice area uh, for uh, for Igor. And that's that's just become a big problem. That face-offs again we talked about. Pittsburgh scored a couple of goals right off face-offs. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, the, the one encouraging thing, uh, well, a couple of things, but the one encouraging thing is uh, this has been a crazy first round. We've seen blowouts, uh, and then, uh, you know, a team comes back and wins the next game. I think Edmonton scored uh, like eight goals on L.A. in game three, and then L.A. shut them out mm-hmm. in game four. Um, now, mm-hmm. I haven't watched all of those, obviously, as intently as I have watched the Rangers. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist when it comes to the Rangers. I mean, I'll, I'll still sit here all night and tell you they can do this. Uh, but like RP said, one shift at a time, one period at a time. Um, I mean, you could have a bad period, but you can't have a bad period when you give up four or five goals, you know. And uh, you know they've shown some some spunks that that come back in 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 game three when they were down four four to one. Um, you know, so there there seem to be a few things that we can hang our hat on. But uh, really, this team's got a lot do a lot of soul searching individually and as a group tonight and uh you know just kind of say look we didn't work this hard we didn't do everything we did to go down like this and i mean it was embarrassing humiliating uh like you i, I was ready to shut it off i couldn't watch the last 30 minutes of the game were, were barely watchable it was so depressing but um you know again i mean this is a good team they've been resilient he took that away from me in game four because that was how I got through the day on uh, uh, on Monday. I was like, ah, this, te- this team always comes back when they play bad. Igor is always strong when he has a bad game. You know, we'll be okay tonight. Everything's going to turn around. And that all got taken away from me on Monday night. Uh, so, you know, I couldn't rely on that. But I'm going to rely on it again for tomorrow and hope that the, this team can do what they've done all season and bounce back from bad performances. Yeah, this is a tough one, Glenn. I, I, it was a hard watch. I, I I cut it off, man, and I, I didn't miss anything. So um, you're no, right on you as didn't. far as happening game four. No, nah, man, it was terrible. Uh, let's get everybody's thoughts. I mean, it's a it's, it's a game to game, a shift to shift series, man. Let's go to uh, let's go to uh, Scott. Scott, give us your thoughts, man, on what you're seeing, man. Uh, that Pittsburgh was brutal, man. And then we go to Carl. I guess 
I, I'm not as upset as I usually am in these situations. I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm maturing. I don't know, because um, I'm usually just, I'd be moping by now, especially, you know, come the second period of that game. I want to give them a little leeway because of the lack of experience and the lack of depth. That's the key, the lack of depth. See, all year long, you know, when the Rangers were putting it together and after Cop and Petrano and we were saying how, you know, how we we noticed how they were starting to beat teams by being the better team, they didn't really have to deal with any crippling injuries to see if they could overcome it. Like, yeah, uh, well, Mott was never really part of the equation anyway, but Kako was out, but he was – prove that they could replace a guy like that. What we didn't anticipate was just how devastating Lindgren and, and Goudreau being out was. I mean, we know where we got Goudreau, the two-time Stanley Cup winner, the veteran presence, the, you know, the banger, uh, you know, the Glenn Anderson type of guy they brought in specifically for this. He's gone. And Lindgren is the key, in my opinion. You know, that's Fox's number one, you know, that's the number one pair. That's Fox's partner. They've been playing together for two years now. They've gotten same chemistry. Uh, you know, Lindgren, the stay-at-home guy, which allows Fox to be Fox play both ends of the ice and focus on the offense. And Lindgren being out, I think, is every bit as big of a deal as if it were Fox being out. Because Fox mm-hmm. looks mm-hmm. absolutely lost out there. I mean, he mm-hmm. looks lost. Nemeth mm-hmm. is straight trash. Uh, you know, they finally cor- try what well, corrected as best they could by putting Braun in there. But Nemeth was still in the game and, and ended up killing us anyway. Um, but, you know, Fox can't be Fox without Lindgren, and Goodrow is exactly the reason we got him. So now all of a sudden, a team that we're better than on paper starting in the series, and, yeah, they lost for Kellen and their goaltending problems, of course, but, but now all of a sudden those two guys being out are so big, and the Rangers, again, you know, we were saying how, like, we're, we're happy to be back, but we're not just happy, we're, you know, we're not just happy to be, to be here, but – we're not deep enough yet. You know, when we're healthy, yeah, we compete with any team in the league. I really believe that. But we were exposed with these injuries as we don't have the depth to overcome that. And now all of a sudden, talent-wise, the playing field is leveled, and now all of a sudden is where Pittsburgh's just mountains of playoff experience comes into play, and they're just taking over. And, and the Rangers just look lost out there, and I think that's where the inexperience is, is starting to come through um, is that this team that we've seen all year long, this, this, this no quit in New York, this never give up, it's a, you know, they, they're, they're just not doing it. You know, it's not just the fact that they're, you know, the Pittsburgh is having these ridiculously monstrous periods. The Rangers just don't have an answer for it. They did in game three, um, and, and, you know, um, but it just wasn't enough. And, then, and the Rangers didn't lose that game in the first period. When it was 4-1, that, that was not the end of the game because the Rangers tied the game and they played lights out. The Rangers lost that game in the third period in the first five minutes when they started the first five minutes with five and a half minutes of power play time and looked absolutely abysmal. The Rangers were playing like they had a three-goal lead instead of having just overcome a three-goal deficit and needed one more. And they did absolutely nothing on that lethal power play for lollygagging, and all of a sudden Pittsburgh took back the play waited, you know, bided their time until, you know, got to give Georgiev credit. He stopped, what, 19 of 20? The one goal, yes, was weak, but that's what's going to happen with Georgiev. He made 19 saves for us, let up one week, but the Rangers gave him absolutely no help uh, 
you know, and, and, and then last night when, when, when Pittsburgh ported on, the Rangers just gave up. And that's just something we haven't seen all year. And I think that's the lack of experience coming through right there. And just Lindgren, you know, I will feel, again, you know, they come back for 3-1 twice in recent history, one against Pittsburgh, and I think we are the better team. And if Lindgren is back tomorrow, and we don't know, because he's been, you know, typical Rangers, a guy can be day-to-day for three damn months, um, but if he is back and we can get him back and actually, you know, not just playoffs back, but actually healthy back, and we can get him back with Fox and let Fox, you know, because obviously in Fox's head, because that's not the Adam Fox we know out there, um, you know, without him, and we can get that pair back together, then it's, you know, well, it's, I want to say best of three. It's not a best of three. It's we have to win three in a row, two of them at home. Just I'll feel a lot more confident if Lindgren is, we know Goudreau's not back, you know, if, God forbid, we get to the second, you know, if we happen to get to the second round, maybe he, whatever. So just consider Goudreau out of the equation for now. But if Lindgren comes back, I am cautiously optimistic that we can win three in a row because I think you'll see a much different defensive core for the Rangers, and Pittsburgh is not going to have those onslaught periods anymore if we can get that, that, those defensive pairs back intact. So to me, lingering tomorrow is the key. If he's not back, we'll probably win tomorrow, but we're not going to win the series. If he's back tomorrow, I am nervously, cautiously optimistic that we can win this series. But lingering is the key. That's my opinion. All right, RP, you want to chime in uh, real quick before we go to call? Uh, Scott and Glenn's comments. No, I, I agree. I think um, I said it before. I think the the Lindgren injury is is definitely a highlight of of why the team is struggling. Um, I really thought Gallant I, I, Gallant doesn't want to put Jones in off the taxi squad or off the, the aces, whatever we're calling them probably because he doesn't want to go with Jones and with Schneider. But at this point, why not put Jones up with with Fox and put Braun down with Schneider and see if that works? The, the, the problem with Nemeth is he just seems to be constantly running around, and he seems to be slower than the entire Penguin line that are against him. He's always chasing. He's always late to the puck. He's always giving up the puck. And I, I think you can't – I think if you make – if you try something once and it doesn't work, okay, you try it again. And if that doesn't work, you're the fool if you don't make some sort of change. You can't just say, well, I can't change the defensive pairings because Lindgren isn't in the lineup. But the team has depth. They have a lot of defensemen. Jones has played up in the league. And, and I can't see him doing any worse than Nemeth. I, I just don't see that happening. Now, between lefties and righties, and I, I know that's always a factor, but Sometimes you just got to play your best six defensemen. And if that's Jones over Nemeth, then I, I don't see why they don't do it. With regards to Lindgren, he didn't even practice today. So Galant said he's day-to-day, but he didn't practice today. He didn't play yesterday. I don't see him going in the lineup tomorrow night unless it's some great miracle that all of a sudden, whatever the injury is today that kept him out of a practice, can put him into a game five elimination game tomorrow. I, I don't, you know, I mean, we all know Goodrow's not coming back for, or, you know, if they get out of the series. So I don't see how they can get better and correct their problems if you're not making changes. It's it's the same circle that we're in right now. 
Clark isn't going to be playing as well. Nemeth is making Schneider play worse because Schneider is really aggressive, and I love the way he's playing. And it, it's, but you want to know something, guys? And, and Gallant said it because I'm just rereading this quote while we were talking. Gallant said it all starts at the top, meaning the first line. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are supposed to be out there leading, and it's not that they're not trying, but the manager has to find a way to get shots on net. How many times has he got the block shots this series? He has to get the buck through. All right. Let's go to Carl and then get to Adam. Uh, Carl, go ahead and fly away, bro, and then uh, let's go to Adam, Adam after that. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, this series has been interesting from a lot of um, standpoints because if I told you before the series started that after four games the opposing team would not have – would be on a third-string goalie for about 90% of the series and everything else was – as is, you'd probably think the Rangers would be winning the series, but that hasn't been the case. And there's been a lot of um, references I've heard and read from 2014 and 2015. What I have not heard is folks mentioning 2016, which was the year that the Rangers played the Penguins and basically a, a series that played out very similarly to what we're seeing right now mm-hmm. in terms of just basically pure domination from about the third game on, really. And I remember Hank got removed twice in that series. And there was a lot of like, oh, you know, I remember, I remember the eerily, the, the, the conversation about what happened then and what's happening now is sort of the same. It was like, well, Hank has to make a big save. You know, the, the coverage in front of him and the coverage was bad and the coverage never got better. And basically the five games later, the, the series was over. So right now, there, this series is trending uh, a lot that way. But if you think about it, right? So I've been making notes of the whole series. And, one, and I thought about this last night. I said one of the five, one of these five things have to be happening. Either the Rangers are underperforming, Pittsburgh is overperforming, the Rangers were overvalued coming into the series, Pittsburgh was undervalued coming into the series, or this is all just a statistical fluke in the crapshoot. It's one of those five. Pick which one you want. And you might not be right or wrong on any one of those that you would pick. But I think, I don't know if it was, if it was Scott or Glenn that mentioned it, and it's something that I've come to the conclusion as well. What you are seeing right now is a lot of what you saw for about the first 55 games of the season. The high danger chances, the scoring chances that are being allowed. And I remember saying this before the, they did the break. I, I remember speaking to you guys twice during the season. One of them was before the break. And I remember posing the idea of the one bad week theory, meaning that, yeah, Igor's stopping all these shots right now. But what happens if he just has a bad week? And that bad week has showed itself up right now. But part of this is because uh-huh. of all the other stuff. In, you know, the – and now, to be fair, a lot of this came in game one of the series. All of this really started that day. You know, we, you know folks thought, hey, that was a great game, triple overtime game, whatever. But a lot of the stuff that is sort of – you know, played out in this series started right then and there that night with the with the with the chances and a game in which Pittsburgh really dominated from about the second period on and has propelled itself the rest of the way in the series. You know, from scoring, I look, I look at the numbers here. I'm looking at the score. High danger chances in the first four games of the series: Pittsburgh 78, Rangers 33, and scoring chances through the first four games: Pittsburgh 154, Rangers 103. Like. It is the design of the team essentially that Igor is supposed to stop all of these all of these shots? 
Like, that's not sustainable. Like, and I remember asking asked myself the question after the first period of the night, I said, or, or second period, actually, I said, is Igor forced to bail the team consistently out of their own awfulness? And if the answer to that question is yes, then there is an issue with roster construction because to, I think it was Scott that just mentioned the point, you know, the team's best players have to be their best players. Sabanajad, Panarin, Fox. Like, if those guys were playing well in a hypothetical situation, would we really be talking much about Goudreau and Lindgren not being around? You know, Dumoulin and Raquel are also out, but we're not talking about them because Crosby, Gensel, Rust, you know, Latang, you know, these guys, Malkin. I mean, these guys are, are in some of the cases, you know, probably not, you know, turning back the clock as if this is like 2009 out here. You know, we were expecting that these players, the top players, would be elevating at this time of the year. But as we've seen in past Ranger playoffs, that's not happening. And I don't know going forward that is, if, if that is going to change or if we're just going to wait for that to sort of elevate itself. We've kind of had that discussion with, with different Ranger teams over years, but it's showing itself now. And, you know, I, I keep thinking about the problems. Like we talk about scoring chances, the coverage in front of the net. There's a graph I have. I have, them, I have it on my phone, but there's a graph of where Pittsburgh is scoring all of their goals. And I think, like, I think it was nine of, I think nine of the goals that I saw were basically within about three feet of the goal of, of, of mm-hmm. Shuskirk. Where conversely, yep. mm-hmm. if you look where the Rangers are scoring all their goals, they're pretty far out in terms of space. It's like, wait a second, wait, this, is, this is not matching up here. So you got that issue. The face-off issue is a huge thing. The amount of defensive zone um, um, face-off that the Rangers are losing cleanly, leading the shots right off the draw. What's the goalie supposed to do? And then on, to, on the other side, when the Rangers are in the Pittsburgh zone, they're losing face-off, so they're not getting possession of the puck. So you've got all these things mm-hmm. Playing out, guys passing up shots. Um, the the broad nemesis, hey, look, uh, you know what? Hey, it is what it is. And I don't know what you guys think about this. I do think there is a bit of a coaching issue going on. It happened in the first game. If you remember, Sullivan was going to overplay and maximize Crosby line as much as he could with the way that the Rangers were deploying their lines. And the Rangers never really adjusted to that. And as Crosby's line has continued to dominate and dominate to the point now where the Rangers don't really have an answer for it, and the coach hasn't really been able to figure out some type of way to stop that other than just hope that those guys just have an off night. Sound words from Carl at the C-Notes. Thank you, sir. Shout out to Carl. Let's go to Adam get his thoughts on um... – the first round with the blue shirts and down three to one. Man, do we have a chance, bro? I mean, like you said, one period, one shot. You know, everything, one everything at a time here. But I'm gonna, I want to um, add into what RD was saying earlier about Artemi Panarin, um, like what he said about you know he should just shoot the puck. And my thing about Artemi Panarin is especially in this series. I feel like his hockey IQ from the regular season, it was high. And then to me, the playoffs, it goes low because his on-ice vision is fantastic regardless because he can pass the puck. But honestly, I feel like he, 
I feel like, you know, sometimes he'll get scared to shoot it when it, when it comes to situations. I feel like he gets shaky every time he has it. And, you know, we also know he tries to get cute with it. But looking back from the past games so far in this series, I feel like the Rangers are afraid to take it into the offensive zone. Scott made a good point about Fox can't be Fox without Lindgren. You know, we're not shooting the puck enough. I'm What I read today is that Gallant made the players bag skate. You know when you know, mm-hmm. you know if you're not performing well, you have to bag skate, like skate till you puke. That's going to – I feel like that's sending a message to your guys. It's like if you don't want to play, you're going to sharpen your legs up. And I don't – you're tired tomorrow? Well, you better be prepared. We're mm-hmm. facing, they're facing elimination. Now, going into – I'm seeing how advantage ads right now. Everyone's saying, oh, Bika's not performing well. If you realize back in 2020 when we were in the bubble – he was the same way. Mika feels like he's lost on the ice. I feel like with him, Kreider, and Taco, you know, the chemistry's still there. But, I, you know, Zibanejad got robbed a few times. We knew that. My whole thing is, is that I just want to see this team perform what they should be performing. But, unfortunately, Pittsburgh – Every game so far has come out straight out of the gate. Game two, I, we've seen a dip. We've seen the regular season Rangers like how we've seen them when we beat Pittsburgh the last time in the regular season. That's the Rangers team we saw in game two. But in game one, game three, game four, obviously it's like what happened? Obviously the injuries. We're not shooting enough. Our power play is not good enough. But in my opinion, I feel like Gallant is just getting outcoached by Sullivan, and the Rangers are just getting outplayed, period, the end of the story, regardless of injury, Shesterkin being lit up all the time. And, yeah, that's just my opinion. And the other thing I want to throw out there, I also feel like in game one, you know, Shesty faced over seven over seventy shots, and he obviously got ran over by Carter, so that could also be a factor. He could be still tired. He could he's probably he's probably a little shaky, but give him time to find his group. I think he'll find time to find the group. I agree. I I think uh, shout out to Adam. Thank you very much. Um, let me go back. Let me say this real quick to piggyback off your points, and we we'll go back to RP. Um, about the Rangers scared to get into the offensive zone. I think the issue is clearly they don't they're they're getting outskated in the puck possession. They're, they're, there's a lot of giveaways. They're 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 turning they're turning the puck over too much, and they've been on their pretty much their heels to me ever since, uh, excluding game number two. It seemed like most periods uh, they've been on their heels uh, on the on the pretty much on the ropes. In the Pittsburgh offensive zone, it seems like all game long. Like Pittsburgh's been nothing but putting on the pressure. Uh, Glenn, you probably remember something I said last year when we played Pittsburgh. Uh, that was the game. I remember the first game when Hedo got knocked out in the game, and this, they were putting yep. on that four check. We saw a little bit of this versus Carolina in the last couple of games. I thought that issue went away. 
I think yeah. I think honestly, Pittsburgh kind of held their their regular season card hand and and turned it up in the playoffs. And this is what you're getting the results. They've been putting a lot of four check pressure on the Rangers, and they still haven't overcame that since last year. It's like mm-hmm. the, the Pittsburgh Penguins went away from that, I think, on purpose. And it, it happened to run into the Rangers this year, right now. The physicality in the neutral zone is all Pittsburgh. The penalty kill has been a domino effect. No good draw. It, it just shot. Everything's just shot. They, Pittsburgh's getting all the passes, the clear lanes, the spacing. And like you said, Carl, that's exactly what I'm seeing. They're getting quality shots in front of the net. And everything from the Rangers are taking, it seems like, 10, 12 feet away. Shit, to the point where a shot, a shot from Zabinijad deflected and hit Kreider on the, like, on the neck. I thought he was out for the year after that, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but however, it, you have to take baby steps. One period at a time. It, it's easier said than done. I don't think they can win the face-off war. So what's the next thing after that? They're going to have to find a way on even strength hockey to not get these cheap-ass penalties, these hookings. They have to skate better. They have to complete their shifts better. Basically, like you said, guys, uh, out-coached, out-skated, they have got to find a way to just dig deep and just grind. They got to put pressure on any opposing goalie. I don't think they even did that. I mean, they, they saw, you saw that in the first game, and they lost. It just doesn't seem that, especially in the Pittsburgh games, man. I think the physicality of Jeff Carter and, and Jason Zucker, uh, you should, even Evan Rodriguez is getting fucking goals, man. I mean, this is not supposed to happen. Um, <sighs> Pittsburgh has found all the all the counters and everything in the series. They, you double-team Cindy Crosby, you find Jake Gensel. And then Brian Russ is doing all the dirty work on that first line. It's just simply outplaying. It's just a, it's just a moving assembly, uh, whether it cross-matches between lines. So, uh, RP, we'll go back to you, man. Um, how do we win game five? Uh, if you could sprinkle in anything around the rest of the league, feel free. And also, I was surprised about the Barry Trotz, if you want to chime in on that as well. Um, I also think, RP, and then we talked about this last year, remember in the 55-game season, the reason why we didn't make the playoffs outside of the Panarin scare and, uh, the scandal, we all said that the young guys were showing up and the veterans went to sleep, and this is what you're seeing now. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I think for – I think in this game, first off, the Rangers always make backup goalies look like Ken Friggin' Dryden. So they're never good against when, when a team plays a backup or a third string. But now the Rangers have faced this guy a couple of times. And, you know, Gallant said it best today when he was asked about is the team getting enough shots. And he was like, not even close. He goes, we get some scoring opportunities, and then we try to get cute and fancy. He goes, it's a straight direct hockey game. I don't think he's being as outcoached as everyone is saying because I think it's easy to say Sullivan's coaching a great game when all his top players are performing. You know, we already said it, Malkins, uh, the whole first line. When your guys are doing their job, when your top guys are doing their job, it makes you look like a king. And it makes everyone else look weak and failure and, and, and all of that. I think Gallant is doing now what he did to get his team the 100, 108 points in the season and, and had the successful season that they had. I think when you get to the playoff level here, aside from uh, making some changes in the lineup, which he's kind of restricted to do with the defense as we spoke about, they have to go out there and perform. At the end of the day, you're in a best-of-seven series in the first round. He can't make Zimbana Judd score goals. He can't make Kreider and Vitrano be more productive. 
or, or make these guys or Chester can play better. They know what their role is. So going to tomorrow night's game, I think they have to take it to the Penguins. I think it's enough with sitting back on the heels. I think it's enough for making these tic-tac-toe fancy passes on the power play or even when you're even up on a two-on-one. Go down and blast the puck and get rebounds. Make the goaltender work to make a save. They're making things just too easy. You have to go back to just your fundamental hockey. Screen the goalie. Take as many shots as you can, but don't take all these bad angle shots because they think because he's the third-string goalie that he can't save it because he's proven that he can. He's also proven he can give up a lot of goals too. And and, And the Rangers just need to keep shooting the puck but they have to also play as a five-man unit. All five guys can't be running around on our own end of the ice. You can't keep chipping the puck out and then the Penguins get it and come back in time after time again. They have to go back to their dump-and-chase style and get physical, get men in front of the cage, and do what they did this whole season. It's the only way they're going to win it. Everyone knows one period at a time and one shift at a time and all of that shit. It, that, that's the same for any team that's down 3-1. If the Rangers want to make this a series and at least get back to game six in Pittsburgh, they have to go back to what they did that got them to 52 or 54 wins. And I personally think they're thinking too much out there. For whatever reason, this goaltender's in their head. And he's not that great. You know, he's an average goalie. He's winning games. I mean, he's won all three games in a series. So go back to what works. Shoot the puck. They're just holding on to it. You, you see it all the time. They try to make that perfect pass on a two-on-one. You try to get those Chris Kreider goals when you just get the puck deep into the, into the crease and you get that stop deflection that goes in the net. The guys got to get in there. They have to get dirty. They have to want to take a hit to, to make a hit and just keep moving on from there. Otherwise, next week we're going to be talking about what's going on next season. All right. Glenn, any additional comments? Oh, and I'm sorry. Um, with the – with, oh, really quick with the Barry Trotz thing. Sorry, see, oh, with the yeah, Barry yeah. Trotz thing. I don't know. I don't know what <clears throat> Lamarillo was thinking. He he did say he didn't consult with any any player on the Islander team. It was strictly his decision. And I think there's something more going on in there. How how do you have yeah. a coach that won the Cup five years ago, <laughs> made it to the playoffs four out of the five years? This year, because of the arena situation. That they have like a 12 or 18 game road schedule to kick off the season, and, and then you fire him without any input. It, there had to be something going on that Lemerola wasn't happy about or wasn't happy with. But that that's a real kick in the ass to the team and to the fan base. He's got to be one of the top three coaches in the league. He'll be he'll be coaching for Winnipeg in the next week. I'm almost positive and, he's going to go home. And to and also RP. And also, RP, you were one game from the Stanley Cup final last season. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Other than Barzell, other than Barzell and and Clutterbuck, they don't have that really top premier player on that team that you could really the go to guy. And he still was one game away from the Stanley Cup final last year. There is so much more that happened between these two guys that we're never going to know about that I think caused the, the, the termination. That's that's one of the raw deals. I have, I was shocked at that. And Glenn, if you have any thoughts on that, oh, yeah. free, but any additional thoughts for Game Five? How do we climb climb back into this? Then we go to Scott, call Adam, and go around for final thoughts after that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I'm going to echo some of the things that all of the guys have said. I mean, I think the the uh, uh, the fact that 
uh, Savannah Jazz line has been matched up uh, against the Crosby line, especially in Pittsburgh. I think uh, Mike Sullivan likes that. And I think it's led to uh, uh, some tentative play, uh, especially with Mika. I think the, the way that line has been just relentless coming out of their own zone and, and, and on the transition game, uh, I, I think they're, they're not thinking offense. And that's our number one line. Um, and I think they have to force the play uh, in game five and uh, become a little bit more of a force out there. Um, I definitely think they have to shoot more. Pittsburgh has uh, cut off the passing lanes for Panarin. A lot of those passes, those cross-eyed passes that he likes aren't getting through. Uh, so you got to adjust. Uh, shots aren't getting through. We know how Kreider scores his goals. I know he's got a couple, but, you know, tip-ins, rebounds, there haven't been any because uh, the puck's not getting through them. Uh, so they got to figure out a way to get the the, uh, the puck onto the net. I mean, you know, this this goalie shouldn't be in his in their heads. This isn't Carey Price in his prime. Um, I read something interesting the other day. Uh, we all know that uh, Igor made seventy nine saves and gave one. You know how many ga- you know how many saves the Ming made all season? Seventy nine. He played two games. Um, so they got to throw the puck at this guy, like RP said. He's shown he can he can give up goals. Uh, I mean, game four he could have sat out there in a in a lounge chair. Uh, the the shots are just not getting through. There's no rebounds, um, and, and they just need to just be more forceful. They got to uh, you know obviously be concerned about defense, but I think they got to you know really decide that they're at home and they're going to be the the, the driving force uh, tomorrow night. And uh, if they go down with the ship that way, you know, so be it. Uh, you know, we talk about, you know, Lindgren and, and uh, Goudreau are probably our two best defensive players. So what's happening here shouldn't be that much of a surprise. But unfortunately, we have no excuse. They're down to their third string freaking goaltender. So no matter who we have out, we don't have any excuse. We can't talk about the injuries that we have. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think they just need to uh, uh, force the play a little bit. They need to uh, press Pittsburgh a little bit. And, you know, if uh, uh, if they go down that way, then they go down that way. But uh, I think that's what they have to do. The final thing is with face-offs. You know, we all know this, guys. If, if you're not winning face-offs, at least, you know, tie the puck up in the dot. They're not even doing that. They're they're losing face off so cleanly that they almost might as well not even have a center in there taking them, um, and, and that's what's caused them to have a couple of goals scored against them uh, right off face offs in, in their defensive zone. I mean, everybody knows that if you can't you know win a face off, just make it a draw. You know, tie it up until the wings can come in and help you, uh, and they should know that. But we're not seeing much of that either. Uh, so hopefully they can rectify all those things and uh, Kreider can uh, tell them all a bedtime story about 2014 uh, against uh, Pittsburgh when they came back from three to one. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll have a happy ending. As far as Barry Trotz, I totally agree with RP. Um, you know, it's so funny. I, I saw that Islanders fire Trotz as a notification on my phone, just as I was going in like for a half a second. And I was like, did I see that? And and so I looked in the paper. I didn't see anything about it. And I was like, I must have been imagining that. That can't be. 
And I was like, you know what? Let me Google Gary Trotz, uh, Barry Trotz. And I went in and I, I said, holy crap, they fired him. I can't believe that. But there's got to be something more going on. I mean, Lou is, Lou is a little weird with uh, coaching changes and things like that. Obviously, uh, most of the time he, he makes the right decision, but uh, this one just mystified me. And uh, I agree with you that, uh, or I agree with RP, that uh, he's going to be named the head coach in Winnipeg within the next week or two. Uh, but, yeah, that that totally shocked me. I mean, after the COVID <laughs> stuff with them, after uh, I think it was 13 games to start the season on the road, they just had such a, a bumpy uh, start to the season, first half of the season that, uh, you know, I mean, hey, it, I guess Lou didn't talk to Scott because Scott was still worried about the Islanders making the playoffs until <laughs> about two weeks left in the season. So I guess Lou didn't talk to, him, to Scott. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, that, that totally shocked me. It'd be really interesting to see who they bring in. If they go with a controversial guy like, um, uh, you know, bringing in Quenville or uh, uh, Babcock, or if they go, uh, you know, I mean, maybe Paul Maurice might be the guy. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see who Lou decides to uh, bring in there. Uh, I think Larry Robinson's a little too old for him to bring in, so he's going to have to find somebody else. <laughs> and, Glenn, when we get to the final thoughts, I definitely got to get your your take on the rest of the series around the league on your final thoughts. So make sure, you know, along with your Ranger thoughts, definitely give me your sure. input on, on, around the, okay. on the rest of the league, uh, especially that Lightning yeah. series. Let's go to uh, Scott. Scott, give us your thoughts. Um, Are we going to win game five? Yeah, I get. Yeah. Is this? I, yeah, I think we can win game five. I mean, we're home. They're obviously pissed off. Gallant, you know, cannot possibly scream at them anymore. They know what's, you know, they know what's going on. I think we're going to see a difference advantage head. And I had several people have pointed it out. I remember at, uh, Adam most recently uh, about Panarin. You know, all year long we were talking about how this is like the, this new Panarin. Um, you know, with the 70 assists, and we were like, I mean, that's great. He's finding these great passes, but yeah, maybe we'd like him to shoot a little more. Well, now we're at the point where, and, and forgive me, because I'm pretty much just reiterating what, what other people said, but I did want to say it myself. Um, you, know, you know, now he's at the point where, you know, the passing is not working because as somebody else pointed out, they're just anticipating it. They're just anticipating him pass first, and that's what made him so dangerous is that all year long, People were just like, oh, here comes Panarin. He could just, you know, whip it from anywhere, and it's going in. And then he would find that open path. Now the, the Penguins are on to it 100%. And they have to, you know, it's like that, um, you know, it, it, it's like Zabadijat hanging out in that, uh, it, it, you know, in the Ovechkin office there. Um, you know, they're waiting, especially on power play. Teams are on to that, and they're waiting. And now he's got, you know, not quite as lethal of, of, of a blast from that spot as, as Ovechkin, but I don't think that's really uh, much of an insult to say. Um, but it is still pretty damn effective, but the teams were on to that, so they had to come up with other ways to score from the power play, and it was now, you know, it was Fox just, you know, finding a seam and risking it in and Kreider either redirecting it or tapping in a rebound. They, 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 they adjusted. And now teams, especially the Penguins, they're on to – uh, Panarin pass first, and he's got to get back to that sniper mentality. And I think just all year long, he's just in this pass first mentality, but he's got to realize they're onto it. 
and you know you cannot forget who he is and he's a he's a lethal Russian with a with a ridiculous shot you know we saw it already in that in that great second period in game two where he scored the second one where he was kind of dancing around with it moved in a little bit being a little juke and jive a little head fake gave himself a better angle and then boom put it right over the dude's shoulder no chance nobody makes that save you know we, we, he's got to do more of that and they've got to start abusing this guy's glove. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from what he's done. This guy, to me, you know, he's thrust into this, you know, huge stage here, um, you know, career AHLer, and he had, you know, hats off to him. Even if the Rangers come back and win the next three, hats off to the guy for what he's done. That being said, even my Penguins fans' friends were telling me, like, like, why aren't they going after his glove? Like, if he's got a weakness, it's his glove. And, you know, we saw that that's where, that's where uh, Lafreniere's goal went last night. How many of these shots are going right into his chest? <laughs> Any goalie in the world is going to make that shot. No deflections, no screens, no pressure, and you shoot it right into his chest. Anybody in the world is going to make that save 10 times out of 10. And they've got to get a little, I mean, dare I say fancy, because over-fanciness over is the problem. But, you know, these guys are professionals you know, start shooting at the glove. And if, you, and if you're missing and hitting posts, whatever, so be it. But I'd rather, him, I'd rather somebody whistle it two inches wide of the post than put it right into his chest. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't do that. You're not going <clears> to <throat> score goals like that. They've got to start peppering this dude. Everyone knows his weakness is, if there is one, is his glove. Start shooting at the glove and get bodies in front of the net. What Kreider's been doing all year, we need to get bodies in front of the net. Take away his vision and go after that glove, or at least go after anything that doesn't have a giant penguin on it. That's, that's, that's what I got. <laughs> all right, let's go to Carl and then go to Adam and then go around for final thoughts and wrap it up. Uh, go ahead, Carl. Final one, man. You know, I'm I'm hearing a lot of what the what the Rangers should be doing on offense um, to just sort of stem the tide of the series. But you know, one part of this equation has to be possession of the puck, and the Rangers have not had it enough to test this theory out. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the issue. You know, we could say, hey, get more guys in front of the net, shoot more. You know, get yourself in position. But when you're playing defense. 57% of the time mm-hmm. that does, that doesn't allow for that to happen. And then, you know, you're in a situation where you have so few opportunities that if you're not cashing in on those, well, then it's sort of like a, I don't know, it's a, a tidal wave is coming because, you know, we were talking about earlier, Ooh, damn, the goal just scored there. Um, you know, when you're losing chances in the offensive zone, because you're losing faceoffs cleanly, to, to Pittsburgh, well, you're t- that's basically that's a, at least one or two scoring attempts or, or chances, I should say, that are just being eliminated right off the right off the jump. And that part, I'm not totally sure how that gets corrected. But as far as Game Five goes, you know, I'm thinking about it. And I don't know if it was if it was RP or at, at the start of the show who was mentioning about the experience angle. And here's how I, I would disagree from this standpoint going into the tomorrow night's game. Pittsburgh is probably thinking this. They, those guys have been through a lot of these wars before. They're probably thinking that the Rangers in the first period are going to try to basically do what they did in game one, exert all of their energy into the first period of the game. And I bet you that they're probably conceding right now. You know what? We're probably going to be down one to nothing. But if we're down one to nothing, we'll take that as a win. If the game is tied 
after all the energy that I believe the Rangers will try to expend in the first period, that is a very alarming sign. But one thing that Rangers probably have to start doing in the first 30 minutes of the game, so let's use the first period and let's use the first 10 minutes of the second period, and that's to just stabilize the game. Don't get the game in a situation early where the, where the clock is sped up. I feel like the clock has been sped up on a lot of these guys. And unfortunately, it's playing a role in some of the decision-making that's going on. So I think early on, I think you kind of have to sort of pace yourself. You know, don't try to – I thought the Rangers, in, like in the first game, I thought the Rangers in the first period almost like punched themselves out. It was weird. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. fearing that because the crowd is going to try to go crazy to spur them on and they're, they're desperate to win, that there's going to be this sort of idea of, you know, let's try to give the Penguins all we can early on and Pittsburgh probably think that's exactly what they're going to try to do. And if we can just stabilize the game and not let the game get out of hand, you know, Pittsburgh got 4-1 in that first period on, on Saturday. If the Rangers could get 4-1 coming out tomorrow night, that, that's a, that would be a win for us. But if the game is just one to nothing or tied, I feel like Pittsburgh can then settle in and then see if some of those same tendencies that have gone on the first couple of games simply just, you know, rear itself as the game progresses. So that it would be my fear going in. But I think the overriding theme is to, for the first 30 minutes, just just stabilize the game and, and be fundamentally sound and then just hope for a couple of bounces here and there. All right, cool. Uh, Adam, any additional <laughs> thoughts before we go on to final thoughts? Um, well, I'm just going to say this now. Just tomorrow – be prepared for uh, to be to get your tissues down. Say, well, there goes our season, or be like, hey, we're not dead yet. But um, <laughs> I'm just just making a joke. Uh, but my thing hmm. is that tomorrow, I hope their heads are held high. Um, you know, they should, you know, with the guarded crowd, with the guarded crowd behind them, I hope they're going to take that energy and just go all in if they have to. I feel like this is the opportunity where you want to put all the chips in uh, all the chips in and say hey, let's just go for it you know take every shot that they can um, and just play tight you know just I the only thing Mike I'm expect I'm hoping to expect tomorrow is just play shutdown defense which is probably not going to happen with Patrick Nevis being a traffic cone um, <laughs> but I'm just hoping tomorrow. I'm just hoping tomorrow. This is this is it. Like, hey, you know, we 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 got a coach. We're done getting yelled at. I think we're just we're, we got the point. Throw every shot at net, um, especially get on Domingue's glove side, um, and just play smart hockey. Play two way hockey. That's all I gotta say. Shout-outs to Adam. Thank you very much. We're going to go around for final thoughts as we wrap up. Glenn, we'll go with you and go back to Scott, Carl, Adam, then RP, then myself will wrap up. Uh, Glenn, final thoughts, uh, game number five, rest of the series, because by the time we come back next Tuesday, we'll find out our fate. But our, your thoughts on our squad and the rest of the series around the league, if you could wrap it up in about a minute, minute and a half, and we'll go around. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Tomorrow when you wake up, you're going to see on the back page of the paper a picture of me saying, we will win tonight. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but it <laughs> might be a first. But uh, you'll see my picture, but we will win tonight. Uh, now, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that they're going to find their game. And, 
realize what they've been doing wrong and be home and have the crowd against them. Uh, like Carl said, th- there is that that worry that Pittsburgh is going to go in saying, all right, we just have to weather the storm for the first 10 minutes, uh, keep the crowd quiet, and – uh, get back to playing our game, and and he's right. Um, and I remember, I remember at the, at the end of the first period of game one, saying, "Man, the way we dominated, I I, I really would like to be up more than one nothing." Uh, and that's exactly what Pittsburgh turned around and did. And uh, you know, that's what uh, uh, you know, that's what hopefully they can do too is uh, get to get to Deming. I mean, you know, the guy's been in the league for a long time, and he's never shown. Uh, anyone that he could be uh, 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 more than a backup in this league. So uh, hopefully they'll take advantage of that. Uh, you had wanted me to mention around the league, Steve. Um, yeah. Other than the Colorado series, which went kind of the way we thought it would, um, uh, it, this has been a typical first round. Lots of ups, lots of downs. Uh, uh, you know, teams coming back after playing pretty poorly. Uh, I, I've uh, – uh, I'm not surprised that Boston is giving Carolina a hard time, although last I saw Carolina was winning 4 nothing tonight. But I'm not surprised that Boston is giving uh, Carolina a hard time. Uh, they know how to play defense, that's for sure. Slow down uh, guys like Ajo and uh, the rest of that crew. Uh, also, um, the uh, I'm, uh, oh, hey, Matthews just scored, so they're up again. Uh, I was just going to yep. talk about the uh, Tampa-Toronto series. I- I've been watching a lot of that because uh, I'm I'm tired of Tampa, so I kind of have a rooting <laughs> interest for the Leafs. Uh, kind of a, a, a sympathy, kind of kind of a sympathy because they're going on 55 years, and and we know how that feels. Not that I think they're going to win the cup, but you know at least let them win a round or two. Um, but uh, that series has been great, and Campbell has been. I mean, I thought the downfall for uh, Toronto was going to be the goaltending, but Campbell's been real good. For them and uh so they've been now they're up uh they're up tonight ready to go up three to two maybe with uh, about six minutes left um you know the 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 edmonton series out west with la i haven't really uh, watched all of those games fully because uh, they've been running a little bit too late for me too so i've been watching a little bit but i mean that that's been uh just up and down i mean blowouts really either way um, and, uh, you know, with Florida, Hey, we, we talked about that. I mean, I don't know. I didn't know that, that Washington would have the, 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 uh, the ability to really shut down that offense, but, uh, I'm also not surprised. We, we all kind of thought that, you know, Florida was built for the regular season and not necessarily for the playoffs. Uh, Bob has, uh, been kind of subpar, uh, so uh, they have a fight on their hands with the Caps, but for the most part, you know, I've been uh, and the Minnesota St. Louis series has been great too. Uh, so uh, uh, you know, I think it's been a lot of fun, like first rounds usually are, uh, a lot of twists and turns and surprises and uh, a lot of action, and it's all been fun to watch. I mean, this is first round is, is usually the best. It's the NHL showcase and uh, living up to it once again this year, I think. Shout out to Glenn, man. Thank you very much, man. And let's go to Scott. Speaking of that, uh, Scott, uh, you were at that game in St. Louis, that Wild versus Blues. Is the series going what you thought it would? Because to me, the Blues had their number for a minute. And they finally got through. The Wild finally got through in game number two. And they won that that third game uh, in St. Louis. But, you know, St. Louis had a a dominant game four. How do you think that series is going to go? Because, you know, since you saw those two teams late in regular season, and your final thoughts with the Rangers, anything around the league, and then go to Carlton and Adams. 
Well, they had their number, yeah, but they um, the game that I saw was it was a tight game. It was it was a great game. Um, Minnesota looked like they were pulling away in that game. Went up three one early in the third, um, and and then uh, St. Louis just came back, tied it. Uh, got to see a nice overtime, and you know as great as great as it was to go to a game where I just didn't care about either team. Overtime especially because you know overtime is you know the three on three. Call it what it what it is. You know, call it what you want. But it is exciting, and when 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 you when you when your team is not in it, it's it's really really exciting because you just okay, this is great either way. But yeah, and St. Louis ended up winning that, so I, I expected you know a tight series, and that's what we're seeing. I mean, yeah, a couple of those games were, were kind of blowouts, but it is two two as as I, I did kind of expect that. I expected a a six game series, if not seven. But um, um, <laughs> the funny thing as um. Uh, you, you know, we can you say what you want about uh, Tony D'Angelo and what may or may not have happened with the Rangers and whatnot, et cetera. Think of him what you want. But the, <laughs> the beauty is, I don't know if anybody picked up at the end of game four there where he and uh, he and Marshan got into it. And Marshan apparently yeah. called him a racist. <laughs> now, again, we're not going to debate what Tony D may or may not have done or said, but who the hell is Brad Marshan to criticize anybody for anything at all on the planet Earth? And all he did was piss him off because of that blowout tonight. Tony D, a goal and two assists in that blowout tonight, so that was good to see. And, um, yeah, I, I kind of got the uh, Toronto game on mute here as, as we're talking. I don't like Toronto, um, and a couple reasons. I went out there to, to a game uh, the year after that epic collapse against Boston in game seven, and then the team was kind of crap, so I went out there. And the fans were really, really nice really super nice people when they're terrible. But when they got good, they all of a sudden, you know, their fans are like Cowboys fans. They, you know, they, they just became like, you know, the whole like Canada's team thing, which I guess they, they kind of are. But their fans, you know, they, they're, they're yapping their faces off as if they hadn't, you know, as if they won a cup more recently in 1967. And they got real annoying real quick. And I got a good friend out in Calgary um, and he, you know, it's funny because Toronto is one of those teams, Toronto and Montreal, where anybody who's not fans of those teams hates those teams. You know, people outside of Calgary don't really hate Calgary, et cetera, et cetera. So he hates Edmonton with a passion, obviously. That's the big rival. And, you know, I tell him, I'm like, dude, I can't share that with you. You know, as a Ranger fan, I can never hate Edmonton. You know, we're anchored to them at the hip for life because of that 94 yep. team. I, can, I cannot. Uh, so he understands that. So with my hatred, a constant spewing of the Islanders and Devils, he said he's kind of jumped onto that. And he's kind of like, you know, feels that. And he's been there. You know, he's been out here and he's seen just how obnoxious Devils and Islander fans are, even when they're playing the Flames and not the Rangers, because there's Rangers sucks chance going on at those games for God knows what reason. Um, so he's kind of – so my, my, my Devils and Islanders hatred has kind of oozed onto him. So I tell him, I tell you what, you know, I can never, I can never you know, attach myself to the Oilers' hate, but I will gladly take all of your Toronto hate for you. So that was our compromise <laughs> Shout that out makes to Scott, man. Uh, yeah, I think there was another series I wanted to bring up, but uh, no, I guess that's it. Oh, oh, and Barry Trotz. Yeah, just I don't understand the Barry Trotz thing at all. Um, you know, as an objective hockey fan, uh, I just I just don't get it. Uh, I think they fired the best coach in all of hockey uh, for absolutely no reason. Like somebody else mentioned, obviously there's probably something going on behind the scenes we don't know about because you know back-to-back conference finals. You got to give them a pass for this year first, what, 13, 15 games on the road because of the arena. 
they had to play about 10 games more than they should have when their team was devastated with COVID. They should have shut them down earlier. They got a, they got a raw shake. This whole year was kind of a wash. So I, I, I don't think he got fired just because they didn't make the playoffs. They had, there's got to be something else going on. You know, that's my objective hockey fan stance. Uh, as a Ranger fan, hang on, let me, uh, let me lace up the hating shoes. <laughs> they just fired the best coach in the game for no reason, and it's spectacular. That's all I got, John. Yep. <laughs> Amen, dude. Amen on that. You're absolutely that's correct. That's what I got, Adam. Let's go to Carl and Adam. We wrap up, and then at the uh, Adam RP, Carl, final thoughts. Hey, we're out of time. Oh shit! Go ahead, Carl. Oh, oh, oh. all right. We'll try to we'll try to knock this out. You know, non-ranger thing here, and this has really been something that I talked about before the playoffs started. Scoring is up, and in the postseason, scoring is up even more. Referees are calling penalties. Guys, we're, we're seeing scoring exploding all over the league this postseason, and the, the officiating has been what it's been. I like to see more of that continue no more of these two one one nothing games you know what guys teams are scoring four five six whatever the number has been throughout all these series so you know what thank goodness for that um one last thing and i'm glad i saw written the other day the nhl needs to do something about protecting goaltenders the way nfl teams uh the nfl protects quarterbacks we cannot have these series where we've got second and third string goaltenders playing a lot of these games i'm sorry i'm just not i can't i can't i can't go for that anymore like we have to protect these guys you know i, I saw in the carolina boston game last week it was game number two at ronsa where he got blasted Shesterkin, same thing like you know guys are missing games and you know goaltending is you know among you know the almost a preeminent you know role in the sport and we can't have these guys missing games because uh guys are getting run and and officials are not protecting them so we got to do something about that Shout-outs to Carl, man. Thank you. At the C-Note on Twitter. Give him a, a follow on Twitter and talk uh, some sports with Carl on, on social media. Shout-outs to Carl, man. Thank you very much. Let's go to Adam and get his final thoughts and, of course, RP. Well, uh, pretty much I'm going to add on what Carl said. I actually agree with him. I feel like goaltender interfere- – I feel like uh, officiating and uh, high-scoring games has been the common theme for uh, this playoff. But um, – I have nothing else to say about the Rangers, but I will go around the league. Uh, you know, being out, since I've been out here in North Carolina, I've been out here for a year now, I will say this. Canes fans are really behind their team. Like, they take their hockey seriously down here. And um, my whole thing is I was watching the Canes game before I uh, called in, and I'm like, this team is a Stanley Cup contender. That's my pick for who's going to win the cup this year, not being biased because I'm out here in North Carolina. But and as uh, for the other league, um, I'm hoping, as, as much as I hate the Kings, what they did to us in 14, I hope the Oilers smack them silly. And the Blues and Wild, I feel like that's going to go to seven. And Tampa Bay and, and Toronto, that series, Tampa, Toronto is pretty much my upset of the playoffs. Beating being a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, I that's going to be my upset of the playoffs. And here we put the other series: um, Washington, can Florida. That's going to go to seven. I feel like they've been going back and forth. And Dallas and Calgary, which that's just been an interesting series. I never thought I'd see Dallas winning two games. I thought Calgary is just going to wipe the floor with them in five, but I guess I was wrong. But so far, the um, first round, especially in the East other than the Rangers-Penguins series, has just been 
unreal. Like, you know, every team played 100-plus points. And I'm just going to say this now. I think the East will win the Stanley Cup this year. Which one? Is it the Panthers? Is it the Hurricanes? Is it uh, Carolina? Team, I have Carolina. Carolina? I have Carolina and Colorado in my bracket is the finals. Mm. And All Carolina right. will win in seven games. Shout-outs to Adam. Thank you very much, sir. RP, I know you got your content out there on Empire Sports Media. Uh, feel free to share the, uh, the articles, anything else you got coming down the pike, and, of course, final thoughts on your blue shirts, and then we'll wrap up. No, I don't know what's coming down the pike. When I wake up tomorrow morning, I'll see what moon I'm in when I start to write. It didn't go too mm-hmm. well today, so Uh-oh. I'll try to be a little bit better tomorrow with it. Uh, you know, my final thoughts, I would just, get through tomorrow and move on to the to game six on the next game. Uh, there's not much more we can say. We've been going at it for an hour. I think everything's been said and views, how we feel, all that good stuff. It's time for the guys to do their job and, and play a hockey game, and we'll see how it ends up. Uh, I think Colorado is the team to beat for the Stanley Cup right now. They just look dominating. It wasn't a great Predator team, I understand, but they had a great regular season, and they seemed to just pick up where they left off. So we'll uh, we'll see where that winds up. Keep following me on Ranger Proud on Twitter, Facebook, Empire Sports Media, and Forever Blue Shirts for my articles. And uh, look forward to talking to you guys on Tuesday. Have a good night, all. Have a good night, and uh, I'll be reading up my, as well and chiming in, uh, commenting with Blue Shirt fans, hockey fans on your posts. And also on Twitter as well. It's a good time, a good dialogue in between games. Shout out to the guys for tonight. Uh, first round recap episode. You put up a setup, like RP said, like all the guys said. Uh, my final thoughts as far as the, the rest of the, you know, outside of our series, you know, I agree with Adam, man. It's been fun watching some of these games. Uh, I watched the Saturday game um, when the Capitals beat uh, the, uh, the Panthers. Uh, I've been watching, you know, your Toronto one tonight. I think this is going to go seven. I think Tampa Bay is going to come back and win game six. But uh, the Blues and Wilders probably going to go seven. I agree with Adam on that as well. It, it, it seems like everybody's series, except for ours, has just been one side. I mean, it's been one-sided for Pittsburgh over the Rangers. But we got to turn things around. Enjoy the guys, the dialogue with uh, with Glenn, Scott, Carl, Adam, RP. Of course, this is going to be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We'll be back next Tuesday, whether our season ends or not. Continue the playoff hockey talk. All right, guys. Tango de Azul, ladies and gentlemen. Bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue.